T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Happy Friday, indeed. We are culminating the week with our favorite guest at the bottom of the hour, Shana Goldman from The Athletic, Marty Baron, big weekend in store, but not just for Buffalo at large, based on beautiful weather tonight, bills tomorrow, sketchy weather, maybe tomorrow, we'll see. We might be dodging a few uh, storms along the way, but happy birthday, Don Granato, the head coach of the Sabres. 56 on this day. Happy Still, birthday. Uh, looks 46 and uh, <laughs> has a young heart Careful. and a young somebody mind. I, know is, I think somebody I know is going to be close to that age next week. Next week, I'll be 46. That's what I'm saying. I look at Donnie and I'm like, man, we, we could be the same age and he's 10 years older. But no, I this is, for me, this is where age, oh, I love, we're showing on MSG right now at the Heritage Classic in Hamilton when he came out with the blue shades, those fishing glasses that he wore on the bench. Man, were those popular. He be like the superhero or super villain Don Granado came out in that game, right? And the Sabres obviously had a great game. But when I think of Don Granado, I don't I think this is perfect, like where age is only a number. Because okay. for me, like the Sabres are a young team, and you need somebody that can relate with young players to communicate with them and to be able to um even you know the fact that he's he's tech savvy, he's on well. He's on Instagram just to kind of see what's going on. If you ask him about a, a, a popular meme or something, he knows all about it. And that's Don Granado. And that's why it uh, it's worked so well with this group of young Sabres because he uh, he relates to them and can communicate with them. And that's a really, really big thing. So happy birthday, Donnie G. You just created a terrible NHL.com headline. Iran. Granado's success stems from Instagram knowledge. Yeah, Insta- yes, TikTok knowledge, you know. But hey, think of it, and we're going to talk about the Bandits a little later. But I remember when the Bandits started their TikTok, and John Tavares was doing the dance and all of that. Like it was, yeah. it was like, oh, listen, you got to stay young. You got to refresh yourself. You got to stay young. Be in the know, especially when you're dealing with younger athletes, and every day they have to listen to you. And that's why Don Granado. I feel has done his homework. And at the end of the summer, when everybody shows up at camp and he says, Hey, what'd you guys do this summer? Right? Hey, did you see this? Did you see that? Like he relates to them. He can talk to them because he's in the know and he keeps up with, uh, with uh, pop culture. Let's just say. So him or his players, who's more likely to bid the Erie County fair and flow Rida tonight. 
who I would say is players. Mm-hmm. I think that may not be Donnie's cup of tea with Flo Rida, although I think he would know certain songs if you played them. Uh, but I, I, I don't expect uh, Donnie to just show up at Erie County Fair for Flo Rida in the grandstand. Like um, maybe a couple of players will be there. Who knows? How about Young Gravy tomorrow? Is he more likely to be there for that? I just because it's a Saturday night and I want to say yes, like let's go. Why not? Right. He was <laughs> I not... think he's more likely to be at the Bills preseason game. Yes, good answer. He was not at Sportsman's Park, uh, where I was last night to see JD McPherson. And what a perfect night. Yeah, it was kind of raining and stormy there around six o'clock. And then it all just like stopped and it ended up being an absolutely perfect night. And I gotta tell you. I don't like talking about my advanced age, but when an outdoor show starts at seven and it's done by eight 30, it's a pretty good feeling when you're still able to catch most of the sunset on the way home wow. from the concert. Yeah, it's pretty great. But Oh, the tie in there was uh, JD McPherson is a, like a kind of rockabilly 50s, 60s sound. And you mentioned Don Granado and his likelihood or not of being at Flo Rida tonight. Don's first ever concert was of course, Elvis Presley at the stadium yeah. in Chicago way, way, way back. So that was a little bit of the vibe last night was, uh, you know, Elvis, Buddy Holly, you know, Richie Valance. Um, but just more than that, it was like, it was such a great experience. So I remember I told you, I saw JD like eight years ago in Dallas, yeah. hadn't really followed his music, just remembered it as a excellent show. And I'm standing there last night going, this guy's unbelievable. It's so yeah. fun. So good memory. Uh, and now you mentioned Don Granado going to an Elvis Presley concert. He had to have been young. Like he was probably less than 10 years old because I know yeah. Elvis died on August 16th, 19, 1977, because it was the day after the day after I was born. Mm-hmm. So Donnie and I are 10 years apart. He had to have been eight or nine years old when he saw Elvis uh, in concert, yeah. which is, I don't remember a concert going myself at eight years old. Like it was, it's pretty young. Right. And uh, probably why he cherishes it so much, because no matter how old he was, it would have been like, it's hard to believe we're able to do this big family, you know, like just trying to just think of that. And then the magnitude now with history as our teacher of just the the legend that, well, not that we didn't know it at the time, but certainly now uh, how we still revere uh elvis um as far I know we have as a busy show but if i tell you that new kids on the block was my first ever concert would you hold it against me no because you've told me before <laughs> so i've gotten past that i like to think i've matured somewhat in the two years we've been working on this show together specifically uh, that's I a tough know. one to live down first concert like that should be on my placard when i show up at train camp what was your first concert Right. And then new kids on the block and then just very embarrassed face after that. (laughs) Okay, so that ties in with one of the new releases I was listening to this morning, which is Bad Idea, right? By Olivia Rodrigo. So maybe it was a bad idea that that was your first concert. I don't know. I feel like you're still pretty connected and tight with that whole experience. Like you still you still cherish it, right? Uh, Yeah, because it was it was the hot ticket. It was the thing to do back then. I mean. New kids on the block in Quebec City at the Colisee. I I mean, I was in high school. That was yeah. that was huge. By the way, our Kells tomorrow at uh, Lakeside Lawn, our Outer Harbor. It's going to be a big day in Buffalo when you consider the Bills and the preseason and our Kells being basically de facto Buffalo band with uh, their roots in Hamilton, but their love for this city alive and well. So anyway, hopefully we'll see you at uh, some of those events over the next yeah. couple of days. Um, we are inching ever so slowly close to the start of the preseason, the start of the regular season with not a ton of NHL news, but I think we'll park 
most of that until Shana Goldman joins us at the bottom of the hour of relevance. And not just because Florida is playing tonight, but it just happened to land on F today for our team of the day. So it is the Florida Panthers. And I know you're just sitting there rolling your eyes. Like, do we have to keep talking about these teams that conjure up bad recent memories? The Panthers had three wins in four games against the Sabres this year, the devastating two, one victory late in the year when two points was an absolute must for both teams and the Panthers got it. And we know the rest of the story. And that was them not only making the playoffs, but going all the way to the Stanley cup final, but historically Marty 53, 49 and nine, the Sabres are against the Panthers since they debuted in 1993, 94. When you think of the Panthers, you think of what? Um, I think of how cool it was to go down to Miami arena in mm. the early days. Like that building was packed. It was a shared building between the Miami heat and the Florida Panthers. And then the owners both went their separate ways. The Miami heat stayed in Miami, Florida went up to sunrise, but man, going down to Miami arena, I made a trip as a call up and, uh, the Sabres stayed an extra day just to have rookie dinner in Florida. That's another thing. A lot of rookie dinners. When you go down to Florida, maybe why the Florida Panthers have a good home record sometimes because all the teams having rookie dinner a couple of days before and then falling flat on their faces. Yeah, but now all the rookie dinners are in Vegas. We know that. Vegas, Arizona is a good one. LA is a good one. The Western teams like to do it sometimes in New York uh, or Toronto because they get a little bit more time in between games. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, obviously Vegas is the spot for rookie dinners. But Florida was the spot. So should, and I know revisionist history, but where would we be in talk radio without that? Should they have stayed in Miami? Well, the, 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 I, I, it's a complicated answer. And mm-hmm. the right answer would probably be yes, because it was a happening spot to go to a Florida Panthers game was the thing to do. People were down on vacation in Miami. It's like Vegas, right? It was a hot spot. Like, Oh, there's a game. Let's go to a game. And then after the game, we'll go out. We'll go out to South Beach. We'll go out to the clubs. We'll 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 hit the town. Like that's what it was happening. Mm-hmm. And then moving out to Sunrise. And for those who have never been to a game in Sunrise, like it's literally a 45 minutes to an hour from Fort Lauderdale if there's traffic. Mm-hmm. And it's way inland, like right up to the, the the swamp and then after that you go all the way to the uh to the west coast right to the uh, the gulf side but that's what it is and they don't draw as well it's not a happening spot it's not a destination spot it, so the, the right answer is yes they should have stayed in miami now the owners down there and the building operators is going to tell you this is perfect for us. It's one of the busiest building in the United States. Mm-hmm. The Florida Panthers keep the lights on. They're like a tenant in there. They don't care if they're sold out or not. It's just a way to keep the paying the bills. Um, and so the business side of people would say, no, this is perfect when you take in all that's happening in that building. Yeah, but I think you might need to change the tents on how you're talking about them because I think a lot of things dramatically shifted yeah. this past year. Now, I get it. If you go back to 95, 96, you would have thought the same thing about the Panthers, but then they went into an endless drought of never winning in the playoffs and barely ever qualifying for the playoffs. But based on what they've been trying to do, then the acquisition of Kachuk, the All-Star game, the Stanley Cup final, I have to assume that we're going to see more consistent 
higher attendance levels for the Panthers next year. Wouldn't you agree? I, I agree. I think they uh, they they filled that building up last year. They had Matthew Kachuk, who they were able to sell, right? And look at this guy. He's an all-star. He's one of the premier players in the NHL. He's got an attitude. Mm-hmm. He'll represent this, this, this fan base the right way. Um, so, yeah, Matthew Kachuk played a big role in that. Um, and, and Barkov has been a leader and a quiet leader, but just a great ambassador for the Florida Panthers. So I do think it's going to, and they build up a little bit. I remember going to the Sawgrass Mill across the street from the arena in mm-hmm. Sunrise, and it was an outdoor mall with not a lot going on. There's a cheesecake factory and that was it, right? And now it's a, it's a, it's a better spot. There's more happening. It's still not yeah. Miami, but yeah. it's, it's a little bit better. If you're going to take the 45 minute to an hour drive from West Palm Beach or Fort Lauderdale or whatnot, you're probably an hour and 20 from Miami. I mean, it's not close Mm -hmm. to Miami, Uh, but I I think you got a little bit more bang for your buck. It's a fascinating discussion, which does not sit well within the confines of this segment, but just what the reality of the league might be. And again, you, you were spot on when you talked about the busyness of that building. Like most people, if you were to, you know, canvas their opinion on, well, what do you think the top five busiest buildings are in America? I don't think Sunrise is going to make the list, but it is like, it's incredibly busy with concerts, you know, like it ranks right up there with whatever the one in LA is called now. And obviously, crypto.com. <laughs> well, I, is it still crypto? Uh, I think it is. Is it? Uh, okay. Last I know it was. So. Okay. I thought it might have changed or was imminently changing. Oh, anyway. Maybe you dreamt of that. No, the- no, because remember all the memes were going around with the spirit yeah. of Halloween, like or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Halloween spirit on top of the building. I remember seeing that. That was good. But see, the difference there is that you have the Kings, the yeah. Lakers. And the Clippers, right? And three and three professional teams inside wow. that building plus concerts. MSG yeah. as the Rangers and the Knicks. And then mm-hmm. in the summertime, I don't know if the Liberty still plays there. I know they moved out to Jersey for a little bit, but anyway, like the but Nashville's on that list, and they don't have all the professional teams, no. like because of the concert scene. Yeah. It, it is. It, it's a fascinating study, though. So, like, but imagine if the NHL was in Miami, if the NHL was in Phoenix, if the NHL was in Houston, if the NHL was in Atlanta, like the NHL was in Ottawa, stop and think, think, well, yes, but that's not America. I know, but the the buzz would be so much better. But we're talking about like American television, American presence, the biggest possible cities in America. And technically they're not there in some of the absolute largest it's, I don't want to say it's mind-boggling because we know how it kind of has evolved there. But I just, uh, I do think that for all the years of getting dirt kicked on them, I think the Panthers are in a position now to capitalize finally and just, you know, maybe feel some of the buzz that is in that building on a regular basis. Uh, by oh, the yeah. way, uh, what happened in your career against the uh, Panthers? Six, six and one lifetime as a Sabre against the Cats, which is kind of reflective of Buffalo's overall head-to-head record against them over the last 30 years. Yeah, I can't think of any memorable games other than the fact that J.P. Dumont used to always say, it's easy to score on Roberto Luongo. Just shoot five-hole. You'll beat him every time. And then Bobby Lou would come up with a 42-save shutout and we'd lose like 2 nothing. And it'd be like, it's not easy to score against that guy, but... Oh. what? Who's got the better shot counter? 
Florida or Carolina? Uh, well, see, for Carolina's shot counter, it was always in favor of the Carolina team. So the visiting goaltender was always like given extra shots. They wanted to show their dominance. So the team was like, hey, we outshot them 40 to 22 when really the shots were like 30 to 30. But in Florida, it was the opposite. They gave the visiting team so many extra shots. Roberto Luongo's save percentage was so inflated because of that, that it made me mad. Like I wanted to go to the, the, the shot guy and be like, hey, knock it down a notch here. That's why I lose in the Hall of Fame. And Thomas Vakun had some of the great save percentage years that he had. Oh, my goodness. I can vividly recall sequences yes. where he would get five or six saves simply by just trying to do the Ray Emery, like trying to put a ball. Well, it's because on, the, on puck, the puck, he would cover it with his glove and it would hit his thumb, his pinky, his thumb, his pinky, his thumb, his pinky. That's six shots right there because the puck is moving in the glove. But no, I think I buried the lead when I think of the Florida Panthers for me yeah. personally, just because. To. We tried to, I try not to talk about it too much, but it happens two or three times a year, especially in November when the anniversary comes up. But my brother, Matthew, which mm. I spent a couple of days with in Quebec City last weekend on November 24, 2003, scored a goal against me in Florida. It was Chris Drury's fault. He let him go. It's four on four. You can see it on here on MSG. Drury tried to like hack and whack at him two, three times and not skate with him. And my brother, Matthew, came in and deflected a nice pass on a two-on-one, scored. That was the game-winning goal. My parents were in the crowd. And it had been 23 years, 23 years since the last time that had happened in the National Hockey League. It was Phil on uh, Tony Esposito. Yep. So it's been 20 years since then. And we, uh, we haven't seen uh, that happen. It's the last time it happened in the NHL. And do you remember what's funny about the Esposito footnote? <laughs> no. Well, because Phil probably scored more than one against his brother, Tony. No, because we had to clarify which was which. Oh, Tony the was time. the goalie and Phil was the player. Yes. I know the that. I was tired thing. that I day. It's I was just, tired. I don't yeah. Right. And we all are. And that's why this show works is because we remember the stupidest little <laughs> moments. Oh, my God. Of... Not not my brightest moment on, oh on, my uh, in my second career, for sure. Oh, well, no worse than me in the electric touch yesterday. But uh, <laughs> my zapping episode. Anyway, um, most ever goals, Sabres against the Panthers, 7-2 win back in 1994. Randy Wood was the hero of the day with two goals wow. and three points. Most goals ever against the Panthers, Sabres career-wise, Thomas Vanek. Obviously, he's the greatest Sabre goal scorer since he came in to the NHL. Uh, he had 17 in his 30 matchups against the Panthers. Pominville has the most points with 30 and 38 games. Jeff Skinner is the active Sabre leader. He has nine goals in 14 meetings versus the Panthers. Dominic Hasek, the win leader, 18-7-2, followed by Ryan Miller at 14-10-2, which is not a dominant record yeah. for Ryan. But again, it speaks to just the challenges that Florida have presented over the years and will undoubtedly continue to do so. Will the Panthers, and we'll probably talk more with Shane at the bottom of the hour, are they going to be a playoff team or not? Uh, no, they're not. Really? I, I, I'm going to say the Florida Panthers, I mean – there's so many teams in the East that are going to compete for those eight teams, eight playoff spots. But 
with the injuries that are keep piling on with the Florida Panthers. And mm-hmm. uh, look, they, they, they locked out like Alex Lyon coming in and saving their season last year was not on anybody's bingo card. Like that Six was a game win streak, which included the two, one win over Buffalo against the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, seriously. And then he starts the playoffs mm-hmm. just to see that, Oh, you know what? Let's throw Bob in there against Boston. It's time for Bob to be uh, Vesna Bob and not just regular Bob and Vesna Bob showed up and, they win and they go all the way to the finals, but no, I don't, I don't anticipate the Florida Panthers to make the playoffs this year. Wow. That's a bold statement. Uh, Shana has been full of those. So uh, she'll bring more of those hot takes at the bottom of the hour. And we'll really dive in on uh, some of the happenings in the Eastern conference, including the glut potentially of defensemen in Florida and what gets done there, which is likely nothing in the short term because they have the injuries to Ekblad and Montour, but they still have a lot of names and Carolina like Buffalo competing with the Panthers for most defensemen that you can have on yes. either the NHL or AHL setup. And I think that'll be a really interesting discussion to see how this unfolds, but specifically with Carolina because of their latest signing with Caleb Jones, how much closer does that push Brett Pesci to the door and who's knocking most vigorously on that door? Let's save that for Shana at the bottom yeah. of the hour, because we want to reserve a couple of minutes here for one of the greatest athletes that this city has seen on a professional level. He is now a four-time National Lacrosse League champion. He is an NLL record holder, eight-time goaltender of the year, which, by the way, he's accomplished with three different teams. And he is by far the league's all-time wins leader, the all-time playoff wins leader. And, oh, by the way, he's 41 and just rightfully so was minted with a new two-year deal today none other than matt vince the bandits netminder from your position and it doesn't matter what the sport what do you think of when you see a man this age doing what he does and being rewarded properly for it today well first of all he's evolved right the game has changed a little bit over that time span that you talk about and you need to be able to evolve and adapt and that's what best the best athletes the best especially in a goaltending position will do they evolve they they use new tools new techniques and you could see if you watch old clips of Matt Vince you're like okay he was younger and athletic now he's older and wiser and more technical and stays deeper and he's evolved uh number two Commitment to the game. I mean, if you're going to do it that many years and continue to perform, you got to love the game and you got to be committed to the game. And that's what he is. And three is just, he's a leader. I mean, what a leader he has become. Everybody talks about how he leads from his crease. Like even when they gave up a goal, Everybody huddles around him. They look Mm -hmm. at the screen to correct it right away Mm -hmm. because they know they have to correct it right away. And he's the leader of that. So those are the three things that come to mind when I think of Mad Vince. So Yager comes to mind because I feel like his story grew the older he got because he stayed dedicated physically, right? Like he would kind of set that still is almost odd example of like obsession of being at the rink. Well, there's no question that. Matt Vince has provided that type of leadership. I mean, it is ridiculous to see how good a shape this, this man is in. Um, What are the examples that you have of players that much further? Like Gary Roberts obviously comes to mind as one of the de facto um, almost Mm -hmm. 
he changed the game from a, like he had to, to save his career because of a neck injury and he had to reinvent himself physically to give him every option. But like, what other hockey players have been kind of that, that person to set the bar that you've been around the later and later and later that they went on in their careers? Um, you know what, the first name that comes to mind and, and, and maybe it's not exactly the same because it's not at the NHL level, but I remember Mike Hurlbut in the American league, mm-hmm. like this was an, an AHL defenseman and he was getting older and Randy Cunningworth, right? Like Cunny was pl- a player coach in Rochester. Mm-hmm. And when he, when he, at the end of his career came down to Rochester, but again, like there's two things it's physically and mentally, how committed are you to the game when you get older? And usually one or the other take a steps back because either mentally you're like, I'm not into it anymore. And, but physically you could still be in excellent shape or the other way around. You're like, I don't want to commit to working out six days a week, four hours in the gym and get ready for next year. I just can't do it. Or injuries like mm-hmm. the guys that do it, the Jagger and the Matt Vince and the Randy Cunningworth and those guys, they are mentally and physically committed mm-hmm. to doing that. And that's what is so impressive. And this is harder for you to answer because you're not in the room now, but do you think that that type of leadership physically and mentally with the potential age gap between a 41 year old star player and this constantly evolving new era for sports, especially hockey where younger and younger players come in. Do you think it still has the same impact that someone at Matt's age can, can be an inspiration or like, and I say that because the old saying is youth is wasted on the young, right? You just don't (laughs) get it until you know, but do you think 18, 19, 20 year olds in hockey really can grasp what it's like to see somebody at that opposite end of the spectrum? A hundred percent. Look at what Craig Anderson and his impact with the Sabres the last couple of years. And Mike Mm -hmm. Sullivan, the coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, was an assistant with the Rangers when I played for the Rangers. And he used to say this all the time. I wish players coached before they became players because (laughs) they would understand what we're trying to teach them. But by the time you're a coach, you're older and your body can't keep up with the youngsters. But what happens when you have a Craig Anderson or a Matt Vince in the locker room that is 40, 41 years old, that thinks like an, an assistant coach, that thinks like somebody that has seen a lot of different scenarios, but is still a player and they can talk. They're not talking to a teammate as a coach or as an assistant coach. They're talking to them as a teammate and a friend. That's why there's such a good value in having those guys in the locker room. And they're rare because most of the 39, 40, 41 year olds that you have, they're done. They just want to collect a paycheck and move on and retired. Right. And the guys that do it and do it for the right reasons, they're, 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 uh, they're not, they're hard to find. They don't grow on, you know, any corner (laughs) trees and um, they're, they're, they're tough to have. Corner trees. There's a new one for Sabres Live. Congratulations. My mom used to always say, which is our birthday tomorrow. Just to say, you know, money doesn't grow on trees in the backyard, right? 
Like, uh, yeah, I know that we don't have trees in the backyard. <laughs> well, we uh, we are trending towards the um, the prospects challenge again. And thankfully, we're able to tell you the tickets are on sale. Ten dollars for each of the games. It is another year where the challenge is going to over at Lecom Harbor Center feature six teams competing in round robin play. Sabres, Bruins, Habs, Devils, Sens, Pens. And of course, the prospects challenge takes place on the same weekend as Sabres. Fan Fest. So check it all out at sabers.com and uh, we look forward to seeing you there, just like we look forward to having Shana Goldman join us next here on Sabres Live. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 